Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Um, I'm uh, I'm on the mic solo today. Frank actually is doing some work, and I've got my uh, relatively longtime friend Randy Kitts from uh, Black Eagle Arrows on here. I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on the call. I appreciate you taking time out this morning. It's earlier where you are than where I am, but I know that you don't sleep very much. No, I don't. Um, which is bad, but we'll talk about that at a different time. <laughs> uh, Lord. So uh, I got to know you really well in 2015, 16. Um, I'd shot your arrows before I knew you, and then I ended up shooting the vintage when I switched over to the recurve and shot a bunch of stuff with those and obviously got to know you really well. But, uh, man, your, your company has... I. <sighs> So without, uh, you know, some of my tournament buddies calling and make fun of me, I've been having my wife watch the shoot-down rounds on YouTube, uh, <laughs> just pressure-wise and see kind of how everybody handles things in different form. Anyway, there's a lot of Black Eagle shooters in the shoot-down <laughs> rounds. You've kind of, I mean, I, I don't know if you could quantify it, but are you the fastest-growing arrow company in the last decade or two, it seems like? I don't know that anybody's been faster, that's for sure. At least in the last 10 years. I mean, we we started in 2012. So, uh, you know, prior to that, I, I just remember the big guys that we still stand. And, you know, somewhat reverence isn't the right word, but, you know, we we have great respect for the uh, for the folks that's been doing this, you know, longer than we have. But, yeah, in the last, uh, you know, it's really we're working on our eighth year. Uh, we started in March of 2012, so we're heading into that. It, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's done what we've done. And as far as those shootdowns, they can be nerve-wracking. And, uh, you know, it's about every ASA tournament, if you look at the pro shootdown, uh, we either have five or six podium wins. There's only 12. And so when you think about it, when we get six, that's as many as every other aero company combined. When we get five, we're just one behind everybody else in totality, which is awesome and it's just because you know aaron that you know there's some super good indians out there and they give us a chance to to try our product shoot our product believe in us and uh they go out there and do good things but they're great indians gotcha and i i would have to say um mccarthy as far as 3d goes has got to be uh i i I mean he he would be the one probably the most likely to uh, uh dethrone Levi, I would think, um, watching him shoot is pretty amazing, but he's, he's one of your head shooters, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He does. He does. I would say, you know, well, north of 90th percentile of all of our product development on arrows. I mean, not just a great shot, a great human being, always willing to help others, always on the range, hanging out with the kids. It doesn't matter whether you shoot a Matthews that he shoots or you shoot in a lead or a PSE or a Hoyt. I mean, he is so technical that he could help anybody, I think, with anything. And I think that's what makes Danny, you know, in my opinion, and not just because he shoots for us and he's he's a dear best friend of mine. It's, he's just special in that way. If you go out and ever go to a tournament, I mean, you see a lot of pros that do stick around. You see a lot of pros that shoot and go back to their hotel or, you know, or leave or whatever they do. And it's not a knock-in. It's just what they do. But he really goes out of his way to help people uh, become better archers. As far as an archer, he's really hard to beat. He's he's a great shot. What what's he do for a living? That's it. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but uh, he doesn't. Does he own an archery range or anything, or just straight up shoot tournaments? Uh, he straight up shoots tournaments. Yeah, he he is pretty amazing. Um, uh, you know, just with the wife watching, kind of explaining to her. Uh, the ins and outs and, and the scoring rings and you know she's just getting into it and I had explained to her well, well I don't know if anybody knows this but Randy's a stick bow guy so Randy, Randy you shoot a striker um, I when I shot more tournaments you know if I wasn't 50% 12s or a little better I was unhappy now with a stick bow you know an 8 is a victory so a lot of things have changed <laughs> right. right so <laughs> She's watching these guys and they're with what they're doing. So I'm trying to explain to her like the low 12 option and, you know, kind of how sometimes you'll bump, you know, you'll give it a couple extra biscuits to be safe if you're going to aim right at it. And so when 
McCarthy, he is a very aggressive shooter, it seems to me. And I don't know the guy, and I've been out of the tournament scene a long time, but going for 14s is a very, you know, dangerous proposition um, because you not only got to judge it, you got to hit it, obviously. And some of those, and, and he hit, I think, four out of five when she was watching the other day and uh, trying to quantify that tour. We're on the hillside where I'm trying to hit a Reinhardt 18 and one. You know, and I'm like, well, he's shooting at something the size of a quarter, unknown at that yeah, distance. No, sure. So, what what's your number one tournament arrow? Uh, PS23. I think the PS23 wins as many tournaments as, or probably more tournaments than any arrow out there. It's by far the most popular. I mean, I think that the uh, the 23 is just a great outdoor arrow. The larger the diameter, just the harder they are to shoot. The more critical they are, in my opinion. And so people ask us all the time, I just steer them towards the 23. You can shoot the big guys indoors. You don't have any wind. You know, the critical hand movement isn't nearly as much at 20 yards as it is at 50. Uh, and so, yeah, the 23 is by far, I think, the uh, the best for 3D. And then you go over, like, to the IBO, and a lot of guys, they still shoot 23s, but you'll find more and more migrating to a 1964 because they need speed, right? There's no speed limit there. And uh, you've got some guys that shoot IBOs got some pretty long arms, and, and they're shooting 350 feet per second, you know, and guys like Danny are <laughs> trying to get the 290. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That makes it really tough. I mean, speed is a big deal when you're judging yardage. I mean, 50 feet per second makes a big difference. 30 feet per second makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah when you're going, you know, when – Again, trying to, you know, explain this with uh, so the wife understands. And when we're shooting tournaments, you know, because I'm shooting a stick bow now, it's different than when I had a compound and kind of how I, um, where I shoot, where I aim. It's it's just different. You're more precise with a compound. So explaining to her the fatter shaft with the line cutting portion of it, like if you checked after 20 yards or after 20 targets, how many you would have caught if you would have caught a 10 or a 12 with a bigger diameter shaft? That's probably going to be four to six points per 20 targets sometimes, you know, for most shooters. And then you have to, you know, kind of factor in, okay, wind drift, bigger arrow, the, the negative sides of it. And kind of explaining that to her just so she understands it. And I don't know. I mean, to me, um, I, I, I'm able to shoot heavier poundage and I have a decently long draw length. So... It's not that big of a deal for me to be able to load up the front of, um, you know, just a fat shaft and still be able to buck the wind a decent amount, um, you know, and, and that may be something she does as she shoots more tournaments. But it looked like that was this, the arrow that pretty much every shooter you had was was using. And so I kind of assumed that. Um, have you... Because I know at first you didn't you didn't offer those or I don't remember you offering them. Obviously, I'm more of a hunter. When did that really kick off on the tournament side of things where you couldn't keep the train on the tracks trying to, to keep up with production? What what year? Yeah, you know, it's kind of where we started in all reality. I mean, we, when we debuted when we debuted as a company, we we debuted in uh, Paris, Texas. And I think that tournament, Danny Podium, Daniel Matthews won uh, the Known 50 class. Perry Hughes shot for us. I think he won uh, Senior Open. And uh, we, won, we won a couple that day, and that really got us going. I think that, you know, 3D uh, plays a significant part in our success. Well, yeah, significant, significant part in our success. I think that parlays over to hunting uh, in a big way. And, uh, and so that's, that's always been the case. Now, at that time, we had the Magnum and Challenger for the first few years. And then we started we started working on the 23, I think, in 13. We worked on that arrow for over a year uh, to get that arrow rolling. And then we brought it out, and then we brought out a 26. Uh, and it's most people would call the 26 a 27, right? It's, it's off by a couple foul uh, from being a 27-64, which is the largest diameter arrow you can shoot uh, indoors Vegas or anywhere, really, for that matter. And uh, it just wasn't. And, uh, you know, we're just like, well, we just can't call it a 27 because it's close. And so the 26 came out, really shut down the sales on the Magnum Arrow. Uh, and so we nixed the Magnum Arrow. And then, our, and then all the guys, you know, going to your point about line cutting in Vegas, like, we need a 27. We have to have a 27. We have to have a 27. 
And so we uh, we brought out a 27 in, oh, I think it was this November of 17 or somewhere around there. Time just, I don't know. I don't know where time goes. I'm about to be an empty nester. I'm just a hot mess. That's probably for another, another talk, but I'm just a mess. So we brought this 27 arrow. We win Iowa with the 27. Chris Perkins wins Vegas. We're rolling now, right? Carbon arrow winning Vegas. Not sure there's been too many. I don't know that to be factual, but I think it's very, 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 very limited in the men's open throw class. And then we we went from there, and uh, we had some, we had some we had some good good podiums in Lancaster. Jacob Marlowe went and won the uh, indoor nationals with the 27. Uh, he finished it up with a Spartan, which was crazy. If you watch that at all, he had some Spartan arrows he hunted with. He screwed in field points <laughs> and won indoor nationals. Shoot this spark now. So it's the inside out when you get down to the shoot down. And so we had an amazing run at 27. Then we, all of a sudden we come back around. We go to back to Vegas last year. Um, geez. Uh, senior pro. Now his name's evading me because I thought of it, but we said he set a record key trail. The first senior pro to ever shoot a 900. Uh, did that with the 27. And Jacob Marlowe went Lancaster. And yeah, it's. It's just been incredible. Well, and you just you just won the world. Um, uh, I don't know if it's Lutz or Lutz, how you pronounce that, but um, he just won what a month ago. Yeah, he shot two international tournaments on the World Cup stage. Um, I think the first one, I think it was Turkey and Telia or something like that, Turkey, and he won. And then he went to the world and uh, in the Netherlands, and yeah, first world. Now it's the first time. A men's compound shooter has won um, in 10 years. And only five have won, I think, since the World Cup started. And uh, I, I could almost put down money in the men's. I don't know how much money I put down on that because I don't really know that. But it, most of them are won with arrows other than Black Eagle, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. When I, we're going to have him on the podcast. Um, I think last week we were going to have him on, but he had a doctor's appointment, and then he, he was buying a truck. And I'm like, well, don't go buy the truck. Don't worry about the podcast. We'll get, we'll get you on just to talk. But... <laughs> yeah, no, he's probably raking on all his winnings. He's uh, He's been on a tear, and we've got – we got something new in his hands that, oh, man, well, we'll see. We'll see. But we got something new in his hands and a few others that are going to be uh, pretty special. But, you know, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a great run in the World Cup. Uh, you know, James, obviously, with our arrows and with our stabilizers, it's just been bonkers uh, on the World Cup stage. So it's been, it's been an awesome summer, that's for sure, to watch, you know, all these people that we have that shoot for us go all over the world and uh, – and win has been pretty incredible. Now, when did the uh, stabilizers kick off? You know, I started that last, uh, last year, Aaron. I bought a company and uh, had some pretty good stuff. And uh, I don't know, me trying to be, I wouldn't say a perfectionist because I'm, that's never been kind of a, a thing of mine, but I'm a, a drive for results has always been a, a significant strength of mine and uh, really wanted something even better. Once I realized how much better we could get, because we already had these bars called smack bars, and anybody that's ever seen the demo understands the smack. Uh, but what's inside the bars, uh, they layer like the space shuttle with, they use them for Formula One race cars, takes out a boatload of vibration. And we use some super high mod carbon, some stuff so high that most people who make stabilizers can't even get it. And, uh, and so we brought these stabilizers out last year in July at the Classic. And geez, by January 1st, we had, I think, almost the whole entire men's uh, USAT team. That's Braden Gillantine, Chris Shaft, James Lutz, Tate Morgan, uh, and uh, Matt Sullivan. Met them all. But man, we got to shoot these. But, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We had, you know, we had guys out there on the, on the, on the world stage just, just humbling folks. And, uh, and so that was pretty cool. You know, Braden, uh, he was the first one to adopt them, was shooting our small bar, our, our half-inch bar, uh, for those listening. You know, it's a 500,000. You could put a micrometer on it. and it, it may be within a foul or two, but it's a 500,000. It's the stiffest half-inch bar in existence. There's, 
I can't find anything stiffer unless it's steel. And even then, I'm not 100% sure because no one has one, and you surely couldn't shoot it off of a bow. And uh, and so we had this bar we call a 747, which is a big three, almost three-quarter-inch bar that we use for indoors. Well, Braden put that on in Lancaster, and I think he's only one of three or four people to ever shoot a perfect uh, 600 round. So it was, it was pretty crazy. It, yeah, it's just been nuts with stabilizers. On those, what's the name and where can people find those? Oh, it's Conquest Archery is, is the name of the company, uh, and it's on conquestarchery.com. It's not under the Black Eagle site. It's a it's a different company that I formed. Gotcha. And so uh, is that, sounds like that has um, kind of expanded faster or maybe better than you had probably hoped? Yeah, yeah, no no doubt about that. We've been chasing our tail uh, all year. I mean, there was, I think we went three months where we never had two of the bars in stock to speak of because as fast as they would come in, they would go out, which, you know, didn't help us. Um, but it probably helped us. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty awesome to watch that. And we got some great hunting stuff, uh, you know, coming out. We're adding some colors to our lineup, a tan, a, 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 we call it olive drab, I guess, for lack of better colors for green and then like a clay. And then we'll build off of there. We'll see what the, uh, what the consumer likes. We're working on some camo licensing to see if maybe that's an option for us. But, you know, I, I don't really know a whole lot about the, uh, the stable, the, the stabilizer camo portion of it, but I see a lot of colored stabilizers out there. So we'll see. I think it's going to be great. And, you know, if it's anything like black Eagle, uh, geez, next year is going to be just wacko. Gotcha. Now I, I, uh, shooting a stick now i'm not up on all of this you offer uh, you offer releases as well don't you we do we do and uh you know we've had some guys had some success we've won some asa tournaments um with our releases um randy morocco he's a he's a pro shooter he shot pretty well in vegas with our release and uh, we really haven't pushed him because we've been believe it or not changing some things <laughs> the, the, uh, so, uh, it's a hinge yeah, I don't though know. Right? i don't know where to get this thing finished up so we can really start pushing it and we'll see if you know if the lord wants us to be in the release business uh you know he'll give us some good avenues to do so if not you know i'm not married to him at all i could i could throw them in the garbage once i get my money back out of them yeah and it's it's a hinge style <laughs> release isn't it it is it's, we only have a hinge yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well which is release development. I'll leave that up to the guys that do that. But what we have is super efficient and works really, really well. Yeah, I uh, I was a hinge guy, so I'm looking at them actually. When we were talking about, it, I pulled it up here, and and yeah, that they look um, uh, very clean uh, for sure. Now, what's been uh, what uh, the biggest hiccup you've had since you started, or a couple of them? Maybe there's more than one because uh, just dealing with business here at Kafaru. There's always hiccups, especially with a lot of growth. Uh, what do you think the biggest one's been? You know, I think it's, the first one, I think, is the unpredictability. And so, obviously, inventory is always going to be an issue because, you know, if, you, if you're a, if you're an owner-operator or, or a business and you, and you run anything, you understand that inventory turns is how you make money, not how much inventory you collect. And as you, as you grow at, you know, several hundred percent a year, um, it's just uncontrollable. And so you're just, you're just buying, you're just bringing an in inventory and buckets of inventory. And so we had a, we, you know, we got a sales rep group, I think in 2016 and, uh, they just kind of disbanded, I guess, for lack of better words, I've uh, been around forever. And so now we got a new sales rep group and, uh, and so we're seeing some shift already in product, which kind of scares me because, you know, it's all patternable. Once you once you start doing the same things and guys get used to selling certain things, it's just you, you get, there's a pattern to it. <laughs> when you bring new folks on, the pattern goes out the window. So I think that's the first one. And then I'd say the biggest thing is marketing uh, for us. Uh, you know, I think we've done a good job on social media. I think we've done probably next to it not so good of a job in other areas just because you know, I'm not a marketing guy. I've never done marketing. My whole time I worked at Lowe's when we managed 137 stores, we did $4.7 billion in business. We just never did marketing. We had a whole army of people that did marketing. I know how to make money. I know how to manage inventory. I know how to manage people. All those things I can do. Marketing, not so much. And so, 
you know, how do you get your ROI out of where you spend? And so we, we, we got some pretty good announcements coming up around the marketing piece that I think will give us, you know, the next level of what we need. Gotcha. Now, hunting arrow wise, what's been your number one hunting arrow? If you, I mean, that's probably a tough one because you guys offer quite a few. Yeah, I would say, you know, Aaron, that probably since it's our flagship, one of our first arrows, the carnivore. Um, well, I killed a ton, probably, of, I would say, ton of stuff with a carnivore. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You did. You, you stacked them like cordwood. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the most popular. And then I would say on a unit, it's the outlaw. You know, the outlaw for what it is. I don't know if there's a better arrow out there. I mean, it's a, we call it a fiber better, which really makes it a plus or minus two and a half. Uh, and so, man, they're super straight. They're spine sorted. They're weight sorted. I mean, just an awesome arrow. So we sell a lot of outlaw arrows on the unit side. And then, you know, but we're seeing a shift. We go back to shifting. Now that we've got sales reps, we got a lot of folks, you know, out west, um, you know, picking up our arrows. And so we're seeing a big shift in Rampage, Spartan arrows. Um, and now it seems like the micro diameter arrow is going to be really skyrocketing uh, this year and probably for the for the next few years to come. And, you know, we've seen a lift. We bought this Focus Outsert out. I, don't, I think I sent you some Focus Outserts. I can't remember if I did or not. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty neat little gig that we did for Outserts. A lot of guys don't like putting Outserts on because they pull off. They can't get them to spins true. And so, you know, I developed a uh, an Outsert that really has three pieces. It's got a post uh, that glues inside the arrow, so that takes out one part of the equation for outserts pulling off. And then the outsert slides over, and then we have a 330-second set screw that screws in from the point end of the outsert and tightens that down to the arrow, and then it just doesn't come off. Right, and you can, I guess you could index your, your broadhead as well. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're one of the ones that believe that lining your veins up to your feathers or to or lining your broadhead, you know, up to your feathers and your veins makes your arrow fly and shoot better, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that matters personally, but I know a lot of guys that are OCD far above and beyond where I'm at, I'm like, hey, if you want to do it, by all means, I just, I, I now I, I index mine flat parallel to the ground. For the okay. stick bow, only because I use my point at farther distances, and it's easy for me to cut the animal in half with the blade. Um, okay. Horizontally, but it does. It's not for. I can shoot them even two inch wide fixed blades. I can shoot them up, down, sideways, crooked. It doesn't. They still hit. It's more of a matter for me. Um, you know, the back of the animal's flat, the body's parallel to the ground. I put my blade parallel just to be able to cut it in half for point on reasons. But, um, with the, the, the skinny shaft thing, uh, good God almighty, uh, that is something that I wouldn't say as bad as like discussing religion and politics, but do you get more <laughs> penetration from a skinny shaft? Right, wind yeah. drift is definite. I mean, you get less wind drift with a you, you can't not. It's physics, but uh, skinny shafts are a pain in the butt to deal with. Um, I don't know about building them, but the components um, until recently have not been great. They're getting you know they're getting a lot better. Fletching them. Not a lot of square footage to stick a vein on. So if guys don't know how to operate a fletching jig, that's kind of a, a problem or can be. And then components, there wasn't a lot of different options for good components as far as just knocks and, and uh, you know, up front and in the back. Um, did you have, like, in the uh, in the beginning, like with your X impacts and deep impacts, was that something where you were, like, scratching your head thinking, is this worth it, or was it fairly smooth? It was fairly smooth because the guys that the guys that, that that seem to buy those are a little more techy, and the ones that weren't, they called us, and they went something like, "Hey, all my inserts are pulling off, or all my outserts are pulling off." Okay, walk me through your process. I followed the exact steps on your website. Okay, so what did you clean them with? I cleaned them with alcohol. It doesn't say clean with alcohol on the website. <laughs> yeah, well, I, always, I, I always clean with alcohol. Don't clean with alcohol. Don't clean with acetone. When you sand them down, like it says to, if they don't fit, and it's okay if they don't fit perfectly, and wipe it off with a paper towel and then glue it. Because I don't know what it is today, um, but it seems like acetone and alcohol, I'm sure somewhere along down the line, the formulas have changed with all the 
EPA stuff that's out there, but it seems to get in the carbon and leave a film. It just does. And, uh, and every time someone calls us, I can almost tell you that's exactly what they've done. They've cleaned their shafts. Oh, believe me, I answer as many tech questions as anyone, and that's one of the main things. They're like, do you use alcohol? And in, in, in the case of, uh, like, like veins, right, I, I work with AAE a lot. I'm like, that says do not prep all over. Do not prep. What'd you do? Well, I prepped it. It says don't prep it. Like, <laughs> there's, so, And then there's other ones where you got to use a prep pen, and it's like, did you use the prep right. pen? No, no, I wipe yep. it down with acetone. It's the same thing. And I'm like, obviously, it's not the same thing. Because if it was, <laughs> it, you know, it wouldn't be falling off. And uh, as I make jokes. flying off like crazy. Oh, I, I did the same, you know, in the spirit of, total, you know, uh, candor. I, same thing. All my, you know, I'm shooting. It, you know, there's, it looks like, uh, you know, somebody's coming in a wedding and you're throwing out flower petals. You know, veins are flying off everywhere. <laughs> And uh, I didn't follow the instructions. Once you do, um, whether it be inserts, components, or veins, generally they're welded on there. They're not. They're not coming off. Now, I will say, uh, you know, recently I started shooting the vintage again, and in 2016 I shot vintage a ton of stuff with them, and we did uh, uh, oh a podcast we called "Making the Poor Man's Arrow." Basically, like taking an arrow that's uh 005 we explained why the straightness isn't as important as the you know the for me the the spine right consistent spine is is a big big part of uh the factor in an arrow hitting where you're aiming more important than the straightness or the weight tolerance this the spine consistency is the big one and with your arrows they're like the, with the vintage they're 34 inches long and so if you put a little elbow grease in and they're actually quite a bit straighter than what you list them as out of the gate and you're not shooting a full length shaft it's pretty freaking straight like 0.001 or or close if you're cutting it down to 29 um because you're you're cutting off a lot of the 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 bad stuff on the ends and the outlaw is the same thing if you if you spin them and then kind of mark the 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 crooked side if you've got one um the spine's consistent on both of them and so you get right. a lot better performance out of them and you don't when i say poor man's arrow what's uh what are deep impacts 150 a dozen um i think they're somewhere close to that 144 fletched and then and yeah. They're 160, yeah they're 160 a dozen fletched yeah i know my own prices you know more than i do uh well i'm the same way with kafaro right higher <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I tell you what, people ask me, what's that pack cost? I'm like, I'm the president. I'm not anything to do with financials. I have no idea. Let me look. I got to dig it up. So, but when you, when you, when guys, um, you know, cause I, I recently started shooting these and, and guys, I had get, been getting a ton of questions, uh, uh, a lot kind of driving towards, Hey, we can't all afford $200 a dozen arrows. And, um, you guys offer uh, well. You actually even your most expensive hunting arrow isn't too too bad. But there's arrows on the market that are that are pushing over two hundred a dozen easy um, for sure. hunting. And people know back in the day, like I I I killed this ton of stuff um, in years past. Well, where, way before you even started um, with fairly cheap arrows. You know, sixty nine to eighty nine bucks a dozen, and just put elbow grease in them, and then. I was a big proponent of outlaws um, for guys because you could get that arrow to hit. And I don't know how much outlaws are a dozen exactly, but they're sub $100 a dozen. I think they're 89 maybe or, or a little yeah. less than that. So talking, you know, with about that, also, as I was answering these questions, guys are like, why did you not switch to a deep impact if you're shooting uh, Randy's arrows? And I'm like, well, a deep impact's great. I'm lazy, uh, and I knew the vintage hit good, and I just have to glue in the insert, and there's not a whole lot of labor involved, being totally honest. I, and I was talking to you on the phone about this when I was like, well, I'm either going to shoot the deep impacts or the vintage, and we, we ran through some other ones, and you sent me, or I went over to Rocky Mountain and grabbed them, I can't remember, the vintage, and it was kind of like, ah, oh, this is nice. Because I just glued in the, <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't buy off into 
the skinny shaft making that big of a difference going through an animal? I'm sure it helps. It can't not. It's smaller. It'd be hard. I don't know what you think about that. It'd be hard. I, it'd take a lot for, to it to prove that it was a substantial amount. It has to help some. And so I'm like, man, Randy, I'm going to. I'm going to shoot the vinegar. <laughs> They're just easier to deal with. <laughs> yeah, it, it, believe it or not, it is a significant difference in penetration. Out of our stick bows, out of a uh, recurve, it is a significant difference. And I don't say that to sell arrows. If it wasn't, I mean, I th- enough folks have called and talked to me would know that I just don't. I just don't BS that way. It's just not how I work. And I will tell you, it is a big difference. They're like 30%? No. Nope. What, what do you think? Maybe 100, 200. Oh, per increase? Oh, geez. It's unbelievable. Because I, I, I kind of tried to, I don't know what you want to call it, run some redneck testing to figure out like – uh, the difference, right, of how much more penetration you get from one to the other and everything else. And as near as I could tell, as far as total penetration and in inches and different things, um, 30% was about the most I could ever come up with. But you think it's, right. you think it's more than that? You think it's like double I penetration? Do. Yeah. I, I do. I think well, it wouldn't be double. It would be more like quintuple. No kidding. So here's how I, here's how, here's how I can tell you. I I when we first did all when we first started testing, and this is back when we were first. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of vehicles to test with, so we used a treated two by system, <laughs> which was a pretty good test for many things. And you can take a standard diameter arrow, and we shot all of our target arrows into the same thing. And so you know, a, a, a twenty three, the point may go out the other side, maybe uh, a magnum. You know, a big 27 series arrow, probably not because of the friction, right? It's, it's dragging on the arrow. And then you get down to a 1964th, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, man, I, I'm through that treated two by six, six inches. That's pretty cool. Or four inches. And you get a rampage. Like, woo, that's a foot. And then you get a deep impact. Then it goes all the way through it. You're like, what in the world just happened? Grab it. Shoot again, like whoa, all the way through again. And you shoot it, you go whoa, all the way through again. And that's just the truth. And and to me, the whole reason is you have an outsert that's much bigger than the arrow. And obviously, now we're not talking about a broad head hitting bone, hitting all the internal matter, creating friction and slowing it down. You're just talking about a field point, and then you have nothing after that except for arrow. And so. There's no friction till you get to the veins. None. Take a bear shaft and, and it just keeps shooting through the it just keeps shooting through until it gets sideways and, and breaks or hit the target sideways or the target falls over or something goofy. But it was incredible. And if you have any deep impacts laying around, it's a pretty good testament. And so I tried it with this is why we came up with the instinct. Um, I picked up a trad bow for, I don't know what it was, two years ago, three years ago. I met the guys at Stryker at the ATA show. Really like Rick a lot. I mean, great family, great kids, just super good guy. And I bought one of the takedowns because I wanted to try trad. I mean, it's cool. Uh, I was always a compound shooter. And I got it late in the season. And, and so I was shooting late in like April or May, and I had a bear hunt in June. Uh, in Saskatchewan with my son, DJ. And so I had vintage and I was trying everything. I ended up shooting a vintage 600. Now this, I shoot 58 pounds at 30 inches. And a 600 flew the best, probably because I was just a hot mess in what I was doing, but it flew the best, no big deal. So I took a vintage and I shoot a single bevel, got on contact broadhead, and I shot a bear at 27 yards and hit him probably a little bit far back, but it was a pretty hard cording away. It came out his front shoulder and went through the bear. Bear went 20 yards, died. Anybody knows bear hunting. They're not like a super tough animal anyway, so don't think, oh, man, that's incredible because they're just not very tough. And so I get back home, and I've got a moose hunt in September, and I'm practicing, and I'm practicing in my McKenzie, and my arrows are going in like four inches. 
I'm like, this sucks. This can't be good because I'm used to shooting a compound and, you know, going to the label or to the veins. And I'm like, golly, how am I going to kill a moose? And so I'm like, I got to come up with something. And that's where the instinct came in. And my penetration out of a recurve doubled. And so when I shot that moose at 30, 35 or 37, I can't remember which one it was, all on film. Someone's got it, but that doesn't matter either. With that single bevel broadhead, that broadhead went in one side and just popped out the other. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty solid out of a, out of a stick. Yeah, yeah. That was, I think it was 37 yards is actually what it was, which was a long shot. But I'd been shooting 40 in the backyard and felt super comfortable with it. So it wasn't like I was really stretching my limits. I missed him broadside at 20. The most perfect broadside shot, you couldn't put a picture out there. You couldn't take a McKinsey target and walk away from having any more squares than 20 yards. And I just shot. I got nervous, shot right underneath. I thought, oh, no. And it just wheeled around and stopped. And, you know, he went 45 yards and piled up. But, yeah, you do get more penetration out of a small diameter arrow. Yeah, a lot more penetration. And it's only because you reduce your friction significantly. When we we talked about this, uh, it's on a podcast that's not posted, where, admittedly, I said what was amazing was a steel drum. If you have a skinny... uh, well, 204, 166, or whatever they are, and your components are the same size as the arrow, your penetration is almost cut in half when you have an outsert type system that's larger because it's wallowed out the hole and it's free sailing after that. Now, 100%. having said all of that, I'm still going to be your poster child for standard diameter shafts because I've had <laughs> such good luck with You about got me convinced to try an instinct. But I, uh, w- one of the things is, too, like, you, you know, you go with what you know or what you're comfortable with. That, you know, you were a big part of that 2016 season where I had switched over, and I went from shooting 80, 90 pounds out of a compound in mechanicals and, and not passing through everything to zipping through everything with a bow shooting a whopping 180 feet a second with with vintage, right? Standard diameter shafts. Right. And yep. uh, so, you know, now, you know, shooting groups and, and I, I a lot of people say post more and some guys say I'm tired of seeing you shoot slow mo, but I shoot a lot of groups with, uh, and, you know, obviously lately with the vintage kind of showing, you know, arrow flight and the one thing you will notice is when I'm shooting and you hit that wind tunnel, you definitely see a difference, too, with the amount of drift you get out of a standard diameter and a skinny. That That is one thing that's another, you know, kind of a bonus. You're not dropping bombs with a stick bow, right, at, at 80 yards, but I would say the drift has got to be cut in half because it's half the size. Yeah, for sure. No, you would definitely you would definitely have some wind drift reduction, undoubtedly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it seems so. But what, um, as far as your um, kind of, I don't know what to say. Like you said, you had something coming out uh, on, on a, the the tournament side. Um, is there anything you're working on? You can talk about on the on the more hunting's arrow side, or or is it basically? It seems like you offer enough now. I don't know what more you could come out with, really. Yeah, no, we have nothing. Uh, you know, Solomon said nothing new under the sun. We don't have anything per se. We got a few things we've tossed around and tinkered with, and uh, you know maybe next year if we get some things that we want to get done done, um, we may have a new hunting arrow. But you know we always try to bring something out that's better than what we have, or it fills a gap, um, or it's just totally different. And um, and so you know our hunting lineup I think is pretty strong. I mean the Spartan is the smallest arrow you can put an insert in. We got two micros, one for guys that want heavy. You know, one for guys that want light and can add a bunch of FOC up front and the X-Impact. We've got standard diameter arrows and the Zombie, the Carnivore, the Outlaw. Uh, we've got trad arrows, the only 34-inch trad arrows on the market. We've got killer crossbow arrows. See, I don't think we I don't think we need anything. I think that's, you know, a lot of people, if you've been in this industry a good long time, love the new shiny thing. But to a lot of people, we're still the new shiny thing. They've just never shot our arrows. They've never picked up a Black Eagle product. And, and so, you know, what we have is still new and shiny. We don't have to have something that we relabel and call something different as, uh, as others do, uh, just to have something new. 
Right. And I'm definitely obviously going back to the vintage, not the new shiny thing guy. I was like, okay, I killed a ton of stuff with those and I, I know their group and I know they'll work. And uh, almost, I don't say anticlimactic, but I remember when I called you, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to shoot the vintage. I was like, <laughs> and you had a lot of good offerings. Now, while we're talking about those, the one thing that I try to explain to people on the, um, the, X impacts compared to the deep impact, you can't, with the the heavy FOC craze, you are going to lose durability in the X impact compared to the deep impact because your arrow's so light to get that FOC so high. It's the nature of the beast. It's the same thing with backpacks or, you know, walking sticks or anything else. You go to a certain point you know, it's going to be less durable than something like a deep impact. But I would, I would imagine your deep impacts, your strongest arrow or one of the most durable, I, I would think. Yeah, I think that probably it would be, if I had to label them, it would probably go somewhere around instinct, vintage, deep impact, outlaw, maybe renegade, and then, you know, kind of working through there. But yeah, I would say that's definitely in the top three for sure. You know, the the instinct is very similar to a deep impact. Very, very similar. Just it, it's built heavier. And it's 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 pretty darn tough. But you know, tough is always tough is always relevant. Well, I was just gonna and say yeah. People say tough is it's just relevant. It's just it's it's relevant to what your perception is of how tough you think something should be. Like we had a guy call the other day, like, ah, you know, I shot through my target through the woods, off a tree no brick and my arrow broke i'm sorry man yeah <laughs> we don't really design them to go through a target off a tree and then into dirt of course you dug a hole as deep as there was to make sure there was no rock and i just oh you mean to tell me i'm sorry bud sorry you shot through your target off a tree you know did a total full carom trick shot sorry yeah, and, that, and then we have guys that shoot them in the fence post, and they come out perfect. Well, I'm shooting this arrow again. I'm going. I would never shoot that arrow, but you know, good for you, I guess. I would. I just take that and maybe put it up in the Hall of Fame or something. I wouldn't reshoot it, but a lot of people do. So it's, I think it's relative to what you're inspired to believe or what you perceive to believe is tough. Oh, for sure. And I think, um, you know, with the uh, the the wrap or whatever, when you when you put that wrap on, how much do you think that increases durability when you have like the the fake wood? Bonkers. It's what's over. It's what's over that that makes it super tough. Like the camo that's over it or the wood grain doesn't do much. It's what's over the wood grain that that probably adds a lot of strength. Gotcha. I I know it's pretty. That wood grain would come off with heat, right? If you took one like on a like on an instinct, you got sometimes you got to sand a little bit to get the outsert to fit, which again is okay, <clears throat> um, because you have an ID and an OD, and sometimes you know the they can be off a little bit. You know, a couple tenths of a foul makes a big difference, and so you got to sand them a little bit. And it's not uncommon when you sand and you look down and you see the black carbon, you're like, ooh, because it comes. You know, if there wasn't a coating over that wood grain arrow, your end would be black. It would melt it right off. I mean, shooting into a target creates a tremendous amount of heat. Right. Well, when you, um, what I did is I, I do the, all the redneck testing. I, I have, uh, don't laugh, but I have these stacks of bricks and I put four inches of arrow on each side and it's bowing in the middle. And I just, I basically have uh, this scale with a come along or a, a ratchet. And as I click, 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 it's adding weight and, uh, you know, pressure to the center just to see how much each arrow can take before it snaps. And that vintage is significantly more durable than the comparable non or, or the, uh, the standard black, you know, sh carbon shaft. And so it does. I don't know. I never did it like exactly mathematically, but it's adding a significant amount of, of durability, which is probably why I like the, the vintage. And so that's kind of what I was getting at is it does add a level of, uh, of in increased durability with that, but you're also adding well, weight. Sure. Yeah, we had to, because we know that, you know, again, you know, a lot of the trad bow shooters, they're out shooting stumps and they're shooting through the woods and hitting trees. And, you know, I mean, I miss targets. I mean, I would, I, 
I picked up, I got, I think I posted some video up on our Black Eagle uh, page of the new Tradbow I got in that Rick did, you know, Black Eagle takedown. It looks pretty cool. And I went downstairs and found two of the, I think I had two or three arrows that I had from the moose hunt because I had, I haven't shot my bow in over a year because, you know, cobbler kids need shoes. I didn't yeah. last year. It's almost the <laughs> same. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole other story. And so I went outside. I'm like, okay, let me get back. You know, I'll go back 10 yards. I'm like, hmm, this feels good. Went back 20 yards in my water and, and her boyfriend was standing there. And I went back to like 30 and I hit it. You know, I, one was a pretty good, pretty good shot. And then one was a little bit low. I'm like, man, this is, this is feeling pretty excellent. I watched this 40 yard bomb. Well, they both were bombs. I bombed the whole target, missed it. And, uh, and so I'm like, well, yeah, but that's, to me, that's kind of where, you know, just knowing that people are going to go outside their comfort zone with a trad bow, miss a little bit, things happen. And, and so it's got to be a little tougher. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, what, as far as on the, uh, like the instincts, component wise, what do you guys offer for, for those on the, what, the, the micros? Yeah, so the instincts you get, they come with a, a uh, hundred grain, stainless steel outsert, just a regular straight outsert. And the inside the outsert, we take a kind of a screw machine type thing and we run down there to get a little gluing surface. It isn't, it isn't a lot of thread. It's just a pretty far space thread, but it, it's got something down there to hold the outsert on. And we've been doing that since 2012, actually. And uh, then we got our focus. We have an aluminum 80 grain and a stainless steel 100 grain. Uh, that you can use. We also have brass weights. We've got a 10 grain. I think we're the only one that has a modular system for a micro diameter arrow where you can add brass weights by taking the knockout. And you can add a 10 grain weight, 20 grain weight, or 30 grain weight. Gotcha. Now, the on the, the instinct, which is that comparable to on the uh, standard shaft and which is the vintage on the standard shaft without the... Without deep, the in, deep, deep impacts and outlaws. Okay. It'd be very similar to both. Yep. Gotcha. Just for people kind of listening in, because I'm sure some guys are going to say, I don't care what Snyder says, I'm shooting a skinny. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and they're not. Yeah, we've, what seen a, a big, we've seen a big uptick. I mean, there was a time last year that I'm like, ah, maybe made a bad decision on this instinct. Let's just see how it goes. And we may end up getting rid of this thing before it ever gets started. But, you know, had folks are just a little bit slow to adapt. They just are. They're used to. We find them just kind of like you, set in the way you use one shaft, and that's what you stick with. And that's okay. That's 100% okay. Uh, but we do know, um, or we have seen, that the, um, the, the, the uptick in the instincts, I think, I think people are really seeing the value in the flight. And, you know, when you have a, a wood bow that, 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 that um, doesn't have a center shot because of the wood riser, it doesn't have a center shot cut out in it, then obviously you're getting your arrow closer to center by being smaller. It's just going to make the shot better as well. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And honestly, it may be a deal. We'll have to screw around with this maybe because I got so many hunts. I'll shoot half the season with vintage and then do a few hunts with the, you know, the instincts. Just I'm a, I'm a tinkerer. I definitely use what's tried and true, but my quivers like to clamp it. It's like I'll have six different broadheads and a six arrow quiver just because I like to, to test. But, um, with the, uh, with the, the, um, the instincts that I'm kind of going through here, they're, they're not horribly heavy, 10.6 grains per inch, for a 350 spine so that's not about an inch about a grain per inch heavier um is that about what you add when you get that uh the fake wood coating on there yeah yeah and then what goes over top it yep for sure yeah gotcha so um when you uh uh, was saying like you didn't hunt at all last year i know we talked about going on some hunts are you trying to try and go on some hunts this year I'm going to try, you know, but again, I've, I'm back to, you know, we lost our sales rep group. And so we got a new one coming on. They're, they're, they're doing killer. I've got a new product development going on right now that I hope to get going on a whole different product um, that I hope to have out in the next 45, 60 days should be pretty awesome. Um, we've got this new arrow coming out that, probably going to occupy a lot of my time um, just working through, you know, getting this done. We have to get catalogs done. We got to get price sheets done for next year. So 
it may be one where I put myself into a situation where, you know, I may get, I may get lucky and go, uh, you know, chase cast with you. And that may be all I do. Yeah. I might be able to break away, but also talk about empty nesters. My daughter, you know, very blessed to be able to send her to Baylor, uh, university and, uh, super excited about that. So she's she's slightly (laughs) smarter than I am is what you're saying. She's going to bed. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. She's way smarter than I am. I mean, like, way smarter. And so August 21st, we got to take her down there and get her uh, set in for her first day of school. Then we got to be back on September 12th. Then we got to be back on October 13th. And and then in November, uh, my wife and I are going to go to the uh, to the Holy Land. We're going to do an Israel tour. And so looking super forward to that. So there's my calendar kind of is filling up pretty quick. And I love to hunt, but, uh, you know, I think above a lot of things, I mean, I, I do like to work, uh, but, you know, I, it's family first and, uh, you know, getting, if it come down to, you know, going to Israel or going on the hunt of my dreams, I'd rather go to Israel. That's just who I am. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, it comes down to the babe and, you know, I can go hunt my buddy Jason over in Idaho and chase elk and we always have a great time and great success, but it, it falls usually it's going to fall right in line of me taking my going back to see my daughter for parents day. And then my wife and I may take a long way back. She's never been to San Antonio. We may go to New Orleans just so we can go through and say we did it. So I don't know, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to get out. I guess the long and the, the short of it is, you know, I'd love, love, love to get out, but uh, we'll see how this year plays out. I just got a lot going on. And plus Danny and I've got some things going on with another patent we've been working on to try to develop, which is going to be a game changer. Uh, you know, for, for bows. So yeah, we just got a lot going on. Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, I'll do enough hunting for both of us just to help you, to help awesome. you out. Yeah. That's, awesome. yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, I'm I'll here for. I'll live vicariously through your, through your expeditions. I'll live vicariously through you. It, uh, oh yeah. Well, that way I won't feel bad if I'm texting you photos every now and then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious though, how this, uh, I mean, I have no doubt because I've already shot a ton of stuff with them, but you know, because I, you know, screw around with so much stuff as far as like I went up to higher FOC and I went back down to where I was and I, I set the, the vintages up where I, where I, where I used to uh, be when like in 16 and the beginning of 18, where I was, you know, more like 18% front of center and a 580 grain arrow. Well, I'm going on enough hunts this year where, um, I kind of, be kind of cool to look back and, and, uh, say, okay, penetration wise was anything different, you know, arrow flight, any downfalls. And I, I guess if I'm shooting an instinct and, um, you know, 2020, we'll know that, um, I'll be like, man, <laughs> I should have listened to Randy. I just, uh, man, I've had such good luck with those vintages. I was kind of a chicken crap chicken. I was, I was a weenie and didn't want to want to shoot a skinny again, just cause I was so, so, you know, I, man, you go with what, you know, you feel that solid with something. It's hard to deviate from it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, when I do pick up the compound bow, uh, you know, I've got, I got one arrow set up and that's all I shoot. And I've got, I'm down to one bow. I still own about nine, uh, but I got one bow that's my go-to bow. Uh, you know, I, I just grab a Spartan 300 off the shelf. I cut it down to 29 and a half inches. I put a 30 grain brass insert weight in the back of it, glue them together, put my broadheads on, and I'm not worried about anything else because it's just been, it's been so good to me. I mean, I've shot moose at 50 yards. I mean, I've just, I've, I've, had some great success with mule deer, with owl dad, with it. it just works. And uh, yeah, I kind of go back, you know, like you to, to what, you know, especially cause I used to be a big tinker, but you know, the busier that we get and the more involved we get into the archery world is the, the less time, um, you know, that I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. You, well, you, you try those skinnies, man. I'm telling you, you're going to, your head might blow off. The, uh, well, and I, I've shot skinnies off and on, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just, uh, yeah. I, I do know, you shoot up front? oh, I've got 250 now. I had 300 up front on my old okay. setup and, uh, that's probably what I would shoot on the instincts is, um, uh, cause it's, I th- you say that it was a hundred grain, uh, stainless steel, uh, outsert on the instincts. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably shoot 300 up front on those. What I'd probably shoot is a 29 and a half, you know, 30 inch long uh, arrow, whatever it tunes out at with uh, 300 up front and then uh, four fletch in the back or three fletch, one or the other. But uh, I, 
you know, you, the speed thing's kind of out the window. You're just not going to have it with with the stick compared to the compound. I sh when I shot carnivores, I shot uh, the stiffest spine I could get, and I think I had 200 grains up front or 175 on those. And uh, with you know, with a compound, I could pretty much shoot through whatever I wanted just for the simple fact I was shooting 80, 85 pounds, and uh, you know, no no issues with that. Well. Shooting 280, 290 feet per second, then dropping down to 175 to 182, speed is not exactly paramount, right? You're just not have, <laughs> you don't have it, so it you don't. It's kind of like uh, I can't dunk, so it's not really something I focus on, right? I got to work on my strengths, <laughs> so I don't worry too much about oh my arrow, you know my arrow's weighing you know, whatever, 635 grains. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm concerned because the speed is down. It's really more of what I'm, I'm c accustomed to on the, just the arc of the arrow. What, you know, as far as just what you get used to when you're, uh, you know, since like so throwing a baseball when I'm instinctively, you can and also branches. If you got something in the way, you know, you're going to clear. So I don't get too wrapped up into it. And, and that instinct would still only probably weigh about 600 grains, I would guess at my setup, give or take. So not too bad. How many pounds are you pulling? Oh, 58 or so, give or take. Um, I'm usually between 10 and 11 grains per inch. Are you shooting a 350 spine? Yep. Holy moly. What are you thinking? Okay. I'm thinking you should. And I, I shoot 58, and my arrow, 30-inch draw, so my arrow's probably 32, and I shot that bear with a 600 spine that flew like a million bucks. And, and the 400 spine that I shot, was stiff and I had holy moly 300 grains up front when I shot that moose it was still a bit stiff well so I, I think you could shoot a, I think you could shoot a 400 and, and and be right where you are with your vintage 350s and maybe be just just as happy as a lark and, and I I might have to try that I know for one um, the bows I shoot are usually cut quite a bit inside a center so they take a stiffer yeah. arrow but I generally yeah. um, I've got some room to play to go weaker for sure because I can I, I just started shooting an elevated rest so I, I I cut my arrow pretty short I mean it's about as short as you can get before you hit a, a danger zone level where you're hitting your hand. Um, right. And so I, it'd be interesting to see. I know, um, like I'm sh with those vintage right now, I, I've got um, a dozen at different lengths because I'm screwing around with different bows, just kind of getting them to tune and uh, see what flies better. And I, I certainly could go with a weaker spine. So that may be something actually I do in the next month, just to have you kick me a, a dozen out just for testing and kind of film what I come up with. Because we get so many tech questions and I'm moving up into the mountains and I'll have some land where I can kind of film a bit more on 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 on, on just tuning um a lot of guys uh, kind of suffer from lack of knowledge with tuning a compound and a stick bow so even though i don't shoot the compound i'm gonna you know i'll have a bow press and a couple set up so i can kind of go over how to do it it's interesting for guys i mean look at our setups aren't that much different and you're shooting what's that three spines above mine same basic right. setup. Yeah, but obviously you shoot a lot better than I do, so I'm, I'm thinking I may need something stiffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows? But, oh, Lord. But you, you shoot a lot more than I do, too. I'm, you know, that's, that's a good thing. I'm sure you do, because, I, like I said, the, the other day when I went out and shot and I did end up getting two really good arrows after about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I'm like, I'm, that's the first time I shot a bow in over a year, any bow, real bow, compound you know recurve bow any bow just because it is so busy you know everybody thinks that because we're in the industry we get to go do all these things and you get to hunt for a living and man it's just the greatest thing in the world and you know the old saying cobbler's kids need shoes is it's the same thing with us i mean when we're when we're buried it's it's hunting season and so there's no there's not a whole lot of time to get out hunting because we're just we're buried yeah, the only thing that saves me is three to four hours of sleep. When I say saves me, I'll probably die when I'm 50, but that leaves a lot of time. I got 20 hours to play with, so I do shoot a couple couple hundred arrows a day, 100 arrows. I shoot more than anybody I know, um, probably more than I probably even should. But it does, you know, it is it is fun. Um, 
you know, w- well, with me, move, I'm actually dropping down to two or three days a week to focus on filming and tutorial videos, whether it be backpacks or shelters or shooting. And that'll, I think, be a big stress reliever and probably help me sleep uh, just because I'm not so engulfed in everything. Because, when, w- you know, once the rabbit's out of the hat, it's pretty hard to get it back in when it comes to, to business. Right point, I thought for sure. Well, man, I um, I probably should uh, let you go, and we've been at it an hour here, so you can get back to work. Otherwise, um, you'll get even farther behind. But I really appreciate you uh, coming on here, and and look forward to how the season goes and, and working with you. I had, uh, well, I think I told you, I don't know if nostalgic was really the right word, but with that arrow, it brought back a lot of good memories in sixteen. So it kind of gave me a warm and fuzzy. I appreciate everything. Yeah, no, that would be great, man. I appreciate it. And, and again, thanks for coming on. And we'll circle back, maybe do another one after season and uh, talk about how things went. That sounds good. You're in big shafts in the middle. <laughs> You're funny. All right, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. All right, buddy. See you. Take care. God bless.